Good day and welcome to today's Doctor and Your House podcast. Today I am going to be talking about colic, also known as infantile colic. With the information I'm going to be sharing today about colic are number one, how it presents, especially what parents complain about when they come to my office. Number two, what parents are already doing before they bring this to my attention. Number three, how I approach the diagnosis of colic and what information I share with parents about this condition. First, what is colic? Before parents come to my office to complain about colic, they've already made a diagnosis themselves based on the most dramatic symptom, which is a baby crying unconsolably for a long period of time. And of course, frequently crying for no apparent reason. By the time a parent brings their infant or their newborn with suspicion of colic, they have started treating the baby their own way, perhaps buying one of these over-the-counter remedies out there for colic, something like gripe water or baby bliss. They usually bring them to my office and all they're trying to do is for me to validate their suspicion and diagnosis of colic. Some parents would actually have changed formula, suspecting that formula is the cause. Most of this information they get from friends and families who probably reported to them or told them that their babies had similar symptoms and letting them know what they did. So most times parents are copying each other or borrowing information from your friends and families on what happened to their own baby and what they did to fix it. So there is this conversation among caregivers and families about how their babies had colic and what they did. They tell their friends and their friends do exactly what they did with the understanding that what happened to their friend's baby is exactly what is happening to their own babies. That's where they get information from. And sometimes they research themselves. But most times when babies are brought to my office with a suspicion of colic, the parents already made the diagnosis and studied the baby on over-the-counter remedies out there in the pharmacy or drugstores. So what I'm trying to do, trying to get some information, ask questions, and try to find out exactly what is going on, what made parents suspect the baby has colic, and then trying to give my opinion on their current ways of managing the baby and the current over-the-counter remedies that the baby is taking. The parents usually need me to weigh in and tell them whether they're doing the right thing or if they should change course and do some other thing else. So that's where most pediatricians come in with regards to colic and colicky abdominal discomfort. Another thing about colicky is that it's essentially a baby crying for a long period of time, which frustrates the parents or the caregiver or the mother. This baby crying for apparently no reason is what frustrates parents and what makes them make the diagnosis of colic. Having said that, crying in infants is a subjective thing to different type of parents. There are different type of parents with different expertise, knowledge, and experience, and of course, temperaments. It is important to, while acknowledging parents' frustration, to find out exactly what is going on, how much crying the baby does, how long the baby cries, and how long this has been going on, and what the parents do about these episodes of crying. So getting a history, interviewing the parents is very important for the clinician to understand the full extent 
of parents' concern about a baby crying for a long time. The bulk of my management is to examine a baby to make sure that there are no bodily injury that is responsible for this prolonged episode of crying. So determining what is really colic is very important because usually babies cry. That is their main occupation, is to eat, poop, sleep, and then cry. Crying has some function in baby caregiver relationship. Crying is used for babies to attract attention. A baby crying is not unusual. Babies cry. That is what they do. They cry all the time. What the pediatrician does is to try to find out if this crying is unusually long for the baby. If it's unusually long, if it's happening frequently, if, it is, if it's happening without any apparent reason, if it's a crying that is unconsolable, then it might begin to fit into the definition of colic, infantile colic. It's not every time that a baby cries for 30 minutes that it is colic. No, colic is a sustained crying for more than three hours in babies, usually between age three weeks and three months. For no apparent reason. A baby who's crying because they have a wet diaper is not colicky. A baby who's crying because they are hungry doesn't fit into definition of colic. A baby who's crying because they need their parents to come to pick them up does not fit into that definition of colic. Colic is referred to a baby who's crying for no apparent reason. In other words, if you check the baby out, the baby is not hungry, there's no bodily injury or bodily discomfort that could explain the pain. The baby has fed very well, diaper changed, and yet the baby is crying for a prolonged period of time. That could fit into the definition of colic. And usually when I give this story of prolonged cry and them suspecting colicky, what I usually do is to let parents know that this is a benign condition, a condition that will go away with time. By the time the baby is three months or four months, all these crying would have been forgotten. I'll try to tell the parents to hang in there, give them tips on how to care and cater for their baby and to soothe your baby to minimize crying. But the most important thing I do is to make sure the baby is well fed because the baby who's now feeding very well is constantly crying. And sometimes I have this conversation where a mother is trying to feed the baby and the baby is refusing to eat. And the mother assumes that the baby is not hungry and the baby is crying as well. So in this kind of scenario, there is a mismatch between the baby and the mother. They are not communicating. And because they're not communicating, the baby is not taking the feeding cues. So the mother and the baby are frustrated, but the baby is still hungry and the baby will keep crying until the baby is fed. So in this case, what I try to do is to tell the parents or the mother to be very patient with babies and to keep trying until the cycle is broken where the baby latches on the bottle, on the nipple or breast and begin to feed. And once that baby is properly fed, the crying goes away. And in fact, in my office, there have been times when I've intervened and fed the baby myself because the baby wouldn't stop crying. Even though the baby's hungry, he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't stop crying. And the mother had given up because this baby is hard to soothe. In that scenario, that is not a true colic.
situation. This situation is a baby who is hungry until a baby is fed and satiated and until a baby is changed, until a baby's soil damper is changed or wet damper is changed and until you checked out your baby to make sure there's no bodily injury that could be very hard to see. The fingers, the toes, it could be trapped or be wrapped in a string, a hair string. Or the baby could have scratched the acornia, scratched themselves in the eye, and, and the baby's crying. So there are things that could make babies cry for a long time that do not fit into that definition of colic abdominal discomfort. Questions parents ask me is, what is causing this? I have to try to share with them some of the possibilities that is out there as to the causes of colic. Up till now, there's no precise cause. Nobody knows. It's all speculations and theories as to what could be causing this episodic crying in some babies for no apparent reason. Some have uh, suggested that it could be because some babies are allergic or sensitive to the protein in the formula, in their infant formula, and that is causing discomfort in their abdomen. But that is a debate that is going on, a theory that is ongoing. But babies who do have problems with the protein in their formula would also have symptoms like blood in the stool, as part of it. Sometimes they have mucus in their stool as part of it. So that could be a good indicator that this baby might be sensitive to the protein in their formula. So if this were the case, then the that formula has to be changed to another formula well hydrolyzed or well pre-digested, such as Nutramagen or Progestamil, could be used instead of regular formula. Aside from the cow's protein milk sensitivity theory, there are other theories out there. One of them is lactose intolerance. There are theories that babies with colic may have lactose intolerance, but this has not been conclusively proven either. No matter what the cause is, it's something that would go away with time. Pain gets better with time, tends to resonate with some of the parents I see. Once you tell them that they begin to expect resolution in time, in fact, by the time babies turn treatment, most of them have, have stopped experiencing this colicky abdominal pain. And when I see them at age four months, I will remind the parents about what was going on when the baby was about three weeks. And we will all have some chuckle and laugh and reminisce about those periods in time when the baby was always crying. Suggesting techniques that helps parents cope with the crying is very important. My number one technique is to make sure your baby is well fed. In fact, a number of babies crying excessively because they were not fed properly. They're still hungry. Hunger-induced colic. Sometimes I don't know where the parents get the information that they have to limit the amount of food they feed their babies. Now, babies are fed on demand and every baby has their own capacity to feed. And as the baby continues to grow and mature, they feed more. And I tell the parents to begin with not one ounce of milk or two ounces, but begin with three ounces and see how much 
the baby could drink. From there, they will gain experience to the baby's capacity to feed. Don't limit your baby to two ounces just because he is three weeks old or two weeks old. No. My suggestion is to, as a baby gets older, make more milk. If a baby who's four weeks, for example, you could start with uh, four ounces and see how much the baby could drink. Nobody could tell you your baby's capacity but yourself, and that is done by trial and error. As the baby gets older, start with more volume and see how much the baby will drink, and that will guide you as to the baby's capacity to drink. So that is my first recommendation. And of course, burp the baby, make sure the baby burps and get all the gas out if you think that is what's causing the baby's colicky abdominal pain. Another thing mothers do, parents do, is to get a pacifier. See if the baby could take a pacifier for you. That could help with episodes of crying. You could also put the baby on a swing and go back and forth. This is all part of soothing the baby. Put the baby on a baby swing. And gently swing the baby back and forth. Some parents are very good in exploring different lullabies, different sounds to soothe their baby. You can take the baby on a small ride. Take the baby on a walk in the stroller. Make sure the environment is very calm for the baby to soothe and regulate. Giving the baby warm bath is a great way to minimize frustration and suit the baby. These are all techniques parents could do and, and explore as part of trying to minimize prolonged excessive crying. Another thing they could do is getting someone else to watch the baby to while you rest, to get some rest, is a very good thing as well. Taking care of a baby who is constantly crying for hours could be frustrating to parents, but at no time should a parent contemplate on hurting their baby or losing their temper for the baby. Take a break. Take a time off. Take some minutes off. Calm down. Don't lose your temper just because the baby is crying. And hurting the baby is not a way to go. Parents should also control their emotions while taking care of a baby who is constantly crying. My attitude about parents who have started giving their infants gripe water or baby's bleach for colic is to ask them if they feel that these remedies are helping them. Sometimes they feel strongly that since they started these remedies, the babies are crying less. From a clinical point of view... They don't seem to be effective in stopping colic in babies. I don't prescribe them, but when the parents come, they are already using them and they swear that it works. I don't stop it. I don't really tell them to throw the remedies out of the house or put in the trash. No, I don't. Because in as much as they don't really have any effect on colic, they tend to be generally safe, at least in my clinical experience. But parents should be mindful of Remedies that contain herbs, whether you use over-the-counter remedies or not, colic improve over time. And what's important is trying to soothe your baby and trying to do everything you can to make sure your baby is well-fed and provide a calm environment for the baby to thrive. And one more thing I tell parents is that don't assume that every time your baby is crying unconsolable, that is colic. The baby might have had symptoms of colic a day ago or a couple of days ago, but at any point in time when a baby is crying, the baby has to be evaluated in that moment. Parents should not assume that just because the baby is diagnosed with colic, that every time they cry for 
two, three hours that it is the same condition and that it is the same colic. No, nothing prevents a baby who has colic from having other conditions in future. In fact, some of the conditions a baby could have in addition to colic could be very serious. They could have problem with the intestine. A baby who is unconsolable has to eventually be evaluated by a pediatrician or a clinician to make sure that there are no other treatable condition in the baby. Also important is the the family dynamics. What is going on in the family could also precipitate colic in babies or infants. Take for example where a mother and a father are fighting who is going to feed the baby, who is going to put the baby to sleep, who is going to pick the baby up and they are arguing and tensed up. So what's going on? The baby is crying while the parents are arguing and trying to work things out. Babies pick up this tension and they're frustrated, they're crying, they're tensed. Everybody's frustrated, including the baby, and that is a recipe for colic and frequent crying. Thank you so much for listening to this important topic and please share it with your friends. Thank you.